Hi, I'm Sandra. This is a show of conversations about motherhood, parenting, and all the good stuff we call life. Follow me as I spread mommy joy and share my stories. This is a different kind of mommy. Hello and welcome to A Different Kind of Mommy. I'm your host, Sandra Sims. Thank you everyone for joining us. I'm so excited to be recording today. I have a special guest today. Her name is Melissa. Welcome, Melissa. Hey, Sandra. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Doing good. I'm doing good. So it's Friday. What's What's on your agenda this weekend? Um, for starting today with Friday? Well, let's see. I am hoping that my six-year-old is in great spirits this evening so she can go to her first Girl Scout lock-in overnight with her troop. Um, And then, what happens, we'll just cross our fingers that it will. Okay, okay. My aunt will be celebrating her birthday, and I'll hang out with her for a little bit, some adult time. And the rest of the weekend, I really just want to chill and do some window shopping. <laughs> okay, I, I like that. I, I just feel like sometimes weekends are so jam-packed, I hardly get to chill. But also, I'm someone that I kind of get cabin fever, so I don't like to chill long, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? In... I've always liked to be at home, always. But of course, with kids, you know, there are obligations, and kids just need to get air, if you will, and yes. let out the wiggles. I find myself often struggling with, okay, I really just want to curl up to a good book, but let me take the kids out for an hour or two. So and it's also to, I, to burn the energy, right? Because you know if you don't do it, then they're going crazy, and you, then you don't get to chill. Right, exactly, exactly. Got it. Okay, so today's episode, I really wanted to talk to you about today's episode, which for everyone is called Life Before Mommy. And for me, I was really interested in this topic because I often tell people that I'm extremely happy that I became a mom at an older age and at a, you know, a later phase in my life because I really felt like I was able to get a lot of my youngness out, if that makes sense. So I had a really good single life, a really good party life, you know, got some education, you know, got my career together. And so it was really like I felt motherhood happened at a right time. But not to say I didn't miss some things about my life before being a mom. And I really wanted to talk to somebody about that. I instantly thought about you. Let me tell you why I thought about you. Because for, for the listeners, we grew up together. And we come from Brooklyn, New York, Flatbush, 34th Street. And I really, I know, I was sitting down thinking, oh my God, like we really, we grew up on the same block, literally. And we pretty much almost, you know, had like, I would say maybe similar lives until we, you know, grew into adulthood and we probably share a lot of similar before mommy stories. So I thought, why not chat with you about this topic? And um, let's just see how life was for each of us before we were mommy and kind of bring it to current days. So how does that sound for you? That sounds perfect. Perfect. 
um, I have a lot to say about that subject, actually. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. So why don't you give, a listen, give the listeners a little bit of an introduction on who you are, who is Melissa, and tell us a little bit about your family before we dive in. Okay, so I'm Melissa. Most people call me MJ, um, and my family calls me Lisa. I'm Jamaican, so if you know anything about Caribbean people, we have tons of names. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, approaching my 42nd year of life on Earth, <laughs> and I'm a mom of two pretty young kids, considering my age. I'm an older mom, if you will. My daughter, Zoe, is six, and my son, Ethan, is three and a half. He's learned a half part now, and so he's really into it. I'm three and a half. I'm three and a half. I like that. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. And then I have a husband, and I have a pretty large family overall, like my mom, my sisters, and my extended family. So I come from a pretty big family. And right now, that's pretty much my focus, I would say. Mm, I don't know if I want to say that it's my focus and that's it or that I pretty much don't have a choice, but there's definitely room for discussion on the whole, I'm a mom and who am I outside of that? So Good. Um, Good. So we could, we could dive into that. Absolutely. How long have you been Absolutely. married? I have been married for five years it's oh god okay let's just put it out there i'm not the one that remembers anniversaries <laughs> and a lot of people are right a lot of people are like that right it's pretty shocking to me though because i'm really big on like birthdays like i feel like everyone's birthday should be super super special um i used to really be into the holidays now i'm like okay i do it for my kids but like our first anniversary maybe second anniversary i forgot totally Mm -hmm. i'm really good at birthdays and of course holidays Mm -hmm. because they're so national but other than that yeah good luck on me trying to remember other than that yeah so it's it's five years and i remember because my dad was sick and i was saying to my husband which at the time was my i was just say my boyfriend because we were not like engaged for a long period of time. I was like, dude, I'm not going to be your like baby mom. What are we doing here? You know? Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> I was like, look, our baby is going to be a year old. What's the deal? And I also have to add in, I actually do have a stepdaughter who is 12. And um, so it's just we're a family of five. Right. So you have a little bit of an extended family there too. So you play like a different kind of mommy role to, there too. Oh yeah, yeah, and it 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 it's had its challenges. I'll say that, um, <laughs> but I think they're all, you know, the kids are older, and there's some years in between. You know, we have years between us now, so it's, things are a lot smoother. So it's working out but, better now. Good. I like yeah. to hear that. Good. I like to hear that. Okay, so let's jump into today's topic. Um, I've only been a mom for three years, so I feel like motherhood has been the best thing that's ever happened to me thus far, right? And I know you've been a mom much longer than I have or a little bit longer than I have. What do you feel like are the best things about motherhood for you? Um, I would have to say that my kids bring me joy in the moments when I really need it. Um, Naturally, 
you know, like I don't lean on them for my own happiness or joy, but I could be having a tough time. And my three-year-old will come over and say something really silly in a really three-year-old way. Or my six-year-old, who's very, very, very high emotions, will come and just say, oh, mommy, I'll give you a hug. And while my my exterior is kind of like, oh, I don't really want a hug, inside it melts me every single time. And Mm -hmm. I realize that somehow she knows that mommy needs a hug at that moment, you know. Right, so, right. He's giving you what you need without even you knowing you need it. Exactly. So I feel like those those parts of motherhood are really, really great for me. And um, seeing them blossom, seeing them learn new things or embrace new ideas, things that we've talked about, things that I've showed them or tried to teach them. And when it clicks that aha moment, is always like, oh, I feel, you know, it's almost like you give yourself a pat on the back because motherhood, parenting overall, but moms in particular, it can be so stressful. And every day you're, you're questioning, am I doing the right thing? Am I giving my kids the best that I can? Am I a good mom? And then they'll show yes. some of their actions, like, yeah, they get it. Okay, I'm yeah. not doing so bad. I'm not breaking my kid after all, you know? I feel like with everything that we do, we are still always questioning, are we doing it right with motherhood? You know, are we doing it the way that it should be, the way that it works for them, the way that they need? It's just always like, and and you can, I can speak to moms who have been mothers for ages and it will still always be that because like motherhood is cyclical, right? So we have small kids, we have toddlers, and then they go into the bigger age and then the bigger phases and um, until they're almost adults. And every mother has always said, I'm wondering if I'm doing it right. Right. And are they getting what they need? And it just seems so puzzling to me that we are always, and still, maybe it's a forever thing questioning, are we always doing it right? You know, it's funny you say that a few weeks ago, I was chatting with my mom and she said something. She was like, Oh, I really wish I would have done things differently in my life so that your life could be different. And I'm just, I was floored. I'm looking at her like I almost cried. I was like, mom, what are you talking about? You did the mm-hmm. best you can. Mm-hmm. You're a great mom. We had our, our moments and our battles, but are you kidding me? Like right now, my mom is like my biggest support. Right. Yeah. So I, look at that. Mom, 42 years later, she is still saying that. Well, okay. So that's, yeah, it's interesting. I guess that's something that we will forever, I guess, have on our backs. Are we doing it good? And I, I, I'm not saying that that is a, you know, an inappropriate feeling or bad feeling to have. I'm just wondering, will it ever stop? Will we ever say I'm doing great and, and just won't even have any questions about it? I don't know. Okay. So let's jump into it. If you had to describe your life before becoming a mom in what, in one word, what would it be and why? Free. Woo! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even that, even that comes with a gut punch. Like, did you really say that? What? Free? Yeah, you're like, um, free? It's almost a question. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I picked that word because before children, I was free to do whatever I wanted, mm. whenever I wanted to do it, say yes to things, say no to things, wake up when I wanted to, go to sleep when I wanted to, you know, just it's just very different. And so the, the, the best word to describe it was free in a different way. 
Yeah, I like that because when I was thinking about this question for myself, the word I came up with was life because it just felt like I was living, living. And not that I'm not really living now, but it's a different kind of living when you're sick. Yes. Right. Your word free, it just, it felt, it felt liberating to me because I was like, yes, it's kind of, it really resonated with my life word. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I want us to go back before motherhood, before you being Mm -hmm. a wife, who was single MJ? Tell me about your single life. Oh man. Um, a part of me was twenties. We'll say like, Let's start with like 20s because I feel like teens is kind of like, ah, you know, we're all teens have the all, you know, same thing. But maybe let's let's hear like single right. life in your 20s, even even before your husband, pre-husband. Yeah. So in my 20s, it was like, OK, you graduate from college, you get a good job and, you know, you just get an apartment. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. I graduated from college. I didn't get a job right away. Um, and then I finally landed a job that I liked. That Were you still in Brooklyn? I was still in Brooklyn. I lived in Brooklyn up until, um, I didn't move until Zoe was three months old. Okay. Um, so, so she was born in Brooklyn. Home. She, was born, oh, she was born in Manhattan, but don't tell anyone that, as far <laughs> as we know. <laughs> Technically, she was born across the bridge, but no one okay. needs to know that. Okay. <laughs> Except for everyone listening today, right? <laughs> So, um, yeah, so I got a good job. I got a apartment and I settled into just, you know, going to work, hanging out with my friends. My three-year-old is here and he found me. Hi. Hi, Ethan. <laughs> Say hello. Hi. Okay. Gonna, let me, I'm talking. I'll be right out. Okay. I'll tell you a funny story. Um, sidebar really quick. I tend to come in my closet when I'm recording podcasts um, because of course it drowns out some of the background noise. Yes. And I hope that I can hide. Well, listen, this, I feel like this is real life, right? Like a couple of minutes ago, my dog was barking. And so I tend to record in my daughter's room because for some reason her room of course is smaller. So as well, it blocks out the sound, but there's better reception in here. Go figure. So yeah, we got to do what we got to do. We got to do what we got to do. Yeah. So my 20s was really just having fun, girl. Listen, I partied. I was one of the, you know, in New York, the clubs stay open until 4 a.m. Yeah. Right. Some of them six. Yeah. And then you go have breakfast. And I remember I would party all night, have breakfast, take a shower, and just go to work. I'm like, oh, I'll sleep tomorrow. Or, you know. And then, um, and it was I, like a party life. Like, was your party life like all week? How did how did your party? When did your party life start? Like, I remember going to parties seriously, like on Tuesdays. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think I don't know if it's a New York City thing, but like Thursday night was a huge party night. Yeah. Oh yeah, forget and, it. Thursday was like a Friday. Right, right. And then, then you'd have like mixers after work on a mm-hmm. Tuesday or. Every night. It didn't matter. There was always something to do if you wanted to do it. So I enjoyed 
I enjoyed that life. It was exhausting though. Looking back, I'm like, how did you even survive? You know? <laughs> but that's why I think it's meant to be in your twenties, right? Because now in my forties, I oh God, girl, I cannot I'm telling you, I'm the person yawning at 7 30, 8 o'clock. There's no way I could go to a party. I remember partying. And there were times where I would come home from work, take a little nap, get back up, and then be at it. Right now, if I took a nap after work, it, the night is done. That's it. It's the night is done. Exactly. Yeah. That was me. That was me. So, <laughs> so yeah. how was your dating life? Talk a little bit about your dating life. You know, what's funny is I was never a big dater. Okay. Um, I, had a, I had a long-term boyfriend in college, and, you know, we broke up. We're still young and dumb, so... Yeah. And then um, I had a boyfriend before college that I got back with after college. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I was never, a, I, I mean, I, I, I met a couple guys here and there, but dating was never my thing. I was more of a, okay, we're together and that's it kind of person. Um, and so I actually had a, I met, I was single when I started my long-term job. And I met a guy there. We became really, really good friends and just hung out for like two years. And then we decided to get involved with one another. And so that was my one adult relationship before my husband. Okay. I like that because I feel like people always, you know, when you think of dating, you think it's synonymous with being single, right? Right. I love the fact that you're single and young, but you didn't necessarily have to be dating, right? For you being single is no responsibilities and you're just having a good time. So it wasn't like you were trucking through men and, you know, like just all over the world. It was just like, Hey, I'm single. I like that. Right. Yeah. I loved my single life. I loved hanging out with my girlfriends. I would host dinners. I was big into cooking. I, I did a culinary school stint in between corporate life as well. So I would host like these random dinners and brunches and I just loved it. I loved that. Nice. Hey, I have a boyfriend or not kind of lifestyle. I did. I am like reminiscing back to that time and I'm almost envisioning. I feel like when I was single, girl, I was dating. I was, I remember for me, I, I moved out of my parents' house and I, w- I, I felt like I was a free bird, right? And so after that, it was like, okay, no more parents watching me. And I remember going to parties. I had, of course, you know, all kind of Caribbean friends. And so I went to like a mm-hmm. lot of soca parties, right? And mm-hmm. I would be acting the fool in these parties and just having the time of my life. But I also had like a tremendous dating life and I don't know where it came from. And so I feel like in my 20s, I was having like a lot of going out with guys, meeting different guys. And it probably were like guys from parties. I don't remember ever officially being like in full-blown long-term relationships, right? But it was for me like single was partying and dating, right? And it necessarily wasn't being like having sex all over the world, though I was having sex, right? But it was just more like, um, you know, meeting some guys and going bowling, going out, just having a good time. And for me, when I think of being single, a lot of my single life, I remember just dating a whole lot of different guys and just having fun and, and almost becoming a woman, right? This is growing up in a city and how you learn to be with different people. And so I like that yours is almost the opposite where you're just single and free, right? You didn't have to, it wasn't necessarily about you dating. And for me, when I think of single, I think of me and my dating life. 
Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I had a, even when I was like with my boyfriend, we knew we had separate lives as far as like friendships and stuff. My girlfriends and I were hardcore. We would go to a dance party almost every Friday night and dance until your feet were throbbing. I remember dancing you know? until my legs were shaking, but I loved it. Right, right, right. And he wasn't that kind of dude. He's like, oh, come every once in a blue, he'd want to do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But he's like, go ahead and have fun, you know. Take a taxi home. This is long before Uber, girl. You oh, know, yeah. you oh yes, girl. Uber, they don't right? know. <laughs> exactly. He's like, take a cab, you know, if you want to drink. Don't get on the train or I'll come pick you up, like that kind of thing. But I I enjoyed my 20s. I did. Anything I loved else it. that stands out for you time. during that time where you had kind of no responsibilities? Um, I was free to discover, okay, so, you know, we come from Caribbean households. So, you know, doctor, lawyer, nurse, engineer, those were the career career paths, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I went into business after I was pre-med and I was like, oh, I took a business class and I loved it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to change gears. And then I landed in corporate. I worked for Verizon on the business side mm-hmm. and I hated it. It was oh. a good job. It was good money, had great benefits, but I hated it. So what I remember about my 20s is exploring other things that I originally loved. As a child, I loved to write. I loved to cook. I loved to bake. Those things were always in me. But again, those were not sustainable careers in a Caribbean household back in that time. And so in my 20s, I said, oh, I'm going to take a cooking class. And I was like, oh, I'm going to register for culinary school. Now, mind you, I'd already did my undergrad degree, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did my graduate degree as well. And next thing you know, I'm in culinary school one day a week and on Saturdays all day. And so I was like, this is what I love. This is who I am in my core. And that 20s, just finding things I loved. I fell in, I took a wine, I've always liked wine. I mean, yeah, I like wine and and I like wine, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I took a wine course. And it was so hard. And I remember the the professor, she was actually a, a licensed or whatever they call it now, sommelier. And I remember Oh yeah, her, the sommelier. Uh-huh. You know, she was she was really, really tough. But I remember her saying to me, like, You're really good. Like you really, really understand, you know, wine and the concept. And and she's like, You should really look into this. And I would go to wine tastings and just immerse myself in the culture and so that was a big part of my later 20s um I like that that that's like grown up because I didn't really get introduced to wine or start drinking wine until like my 30s um and I was never a big drinker I didn't have friends who really drink and so I felt Mm -hmm. like I wasn't steered in that direction and i remember already living in california for a long time and going on a wine trip for a friend's birthday and actually being introduced to wine then and we have very similar lives like i went to culinary school um as well and for me it happened when i was in california because i too loved cooking and just maybe it's a caribbean thing we just love cooking and love spices and so i too was i did uh, i did my education my college life was in business and i went straight and i went straight to corporate because my mom worked in corporate and so my working life has always been in corporate like you i made so much money 
I had great benefits. So that is just what I did. And when I went to California, it was like, I don't really like corporate. It pays the bills, but I want to do something more creative. I want to cook. I want to do maybe something in nonprofit. I want to have a passion. And so I decided I used to love cooking for friends. I used to love meal planning. And I really wanted to open up a catering business where it's almost like if you want to hire a caterer while you entertain. And I felt like I really wanted to do that with my friends, let them entertain while I catered. And so I went to cooking school. I, be, I was also in a long-term relationship and he used to be like, you don't cook like my mama. And I would be like, you know, F your mama. I could cook better than your mama. Stuff like that. But I remember just <laughs> loving to cook. <laughs> yes. So we have very, very similar paths there. I like that. Yes, me too. Me too. I didn't know that about you, but see, here we are, right? <laughs> so when you were single, did you ever get a, get a feel of like, that's how life was supposed to be, or that's how your life will forever be? Um, you know, I, I, I can't say I had the, oh, I want to be married and have the white picket fence and kids mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. thought process. I didn't grow up like that. My mom was a single mom. And, um, so our family is a really big family, but mostly women. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, yeah, I'll just be with my sisters and my cousins. And, you know, we may have some kids sprinkled among us, but, you know, I did my ideal life. I didn't think, oh, I should be single forever. But I also didn't think it was necessary to like have the house and 2.5 kids and the dog either. I was more of a wherever God decides that my path should be that's where I'll be and I'll be happy and content either way I will say though that I always I did always want to have children okay and in my 20s even though I wasn't married I had several miscarriages oh um, that's interesting and so there I'm was a point where I was like okay. I'm sorry to hit that yeah it's okay you know I realized that I don't it's not something I talk about often um, but it's a part of life, right? It's a part of it's your part life. Of life. Exactly. But there was a point where I said, okay, well, it's more than likely it's not meant for me to have children in that way. So another really random fact about me is that I was big into um, mentoring uh, teenagers. And I was also a Girl Scout troop leader to daisies which are the youngest girl scouts and and uh cadets which are just before the oldest girl scouts and i did that in my 20s on saturdays um i either went to culinary school and or did girl scouting because that was my way of connecting with children um and i was i would i will say i was content in that that if okay if i can never have kids of my own this would work for me because i i thought it was very important to give back, you know, there are things in, in my childhood that weren't the easiest. And so I would see kids in the community and say, I'd love, I can see in their face something that I remember about myself as a child. So come on, let me, let's mentor you. Let's take you around and let me teach you how to talk, you know, when you're doing a presentation and just things like that. I was very connected to kids in that way, but overall I, I was okay being single and I was also okay if God wanted me to be married and settled in. Wow. I feel like this conversation just makes me get to know you more and more and exactly how freaking similar we are. So for me, 
I too started volunteering, doing a lot of volunteer work with girls because I really wanted to mentor girls. And I started to join different organizations and help coach girls between the ages of nine and 12 and teaching them about self-love and self-image, but through a digital social media context, right? To help them understand um, how things really are versus how they're perceived. So a lot of my schooling, a lot of my business education, I was into marketing, right? And so in my marketing degree, in a lot of my um, classes, my specialty in marketing was product positioning. And so I was able to teach these kids how um, commercials and different media all this different content position products to make you want to buy them and to make you feel a certain way so that you do buy these products. And I was really big on helping little girls, young girls understand their value and their worth. And a lot of things that we see in social media and on digital platforms aren't real. Right. And so I volunteered because I felt like I sometimes, as a younger girl, didn't feel pretty, right? And I looked at different magazines trying to be like these girls and these women in the magazines. And I really took a leaning into volunteering with girls to help them understand their value and their worth. So I feel like we are still so similar in in that area. My goodness. Isn't it crazy, Sandra? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like our generation, because we... We grew up in a time before there was internet, before yeah. there was any social media media mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. much less even like just having personal computers. Yep. That came about when we were much older. So yep. while our struggles were different, they're also very similar Yes, for the yes. young kids now. And I feel like we are that transitional generation that gets to say to them, hey, put your phone down and embrace, yes. you know, communicating with one another with your voice, you know, write a letter. I remember us having to write letters to friends. I remember going outside, knocking on each other's doors saying, Hey, can you come out and play? I mean, I remember when we had beepers, right? So I remember even before beepers, we were, we just didn't have that kind of life. And I'm hoping that I can instill some of that in my daughter, right? Like this technology is a blessing, but also the, it can be the death of us. Right. It can. And I just, I feel like a lot, if I look at a lot of the young girls that I interact with now, um, social media, while it's not a bad thing, a lot of them cannot verbally communicate. Yes. Yep. You know, they can't even introduce themselves in a room of other kids their age. And I'm like, what's up with that? And it's because they're always on a screen, right? Always, always. We don't necessarily know what's going on behind that screen. So I feel like we're the perfect generation to say, hey, wait a minute, this is all good, but put that down and let's have a a face-to-face conversation or an eye-to-eye conversation. It's And let's do something with our hands. Yes. So, yeah. I went to the store the other day. I forgot what store I was at. And um, the girl said her register wasn't working. I gave her cash. The girl said her register Mm -hmm. wasn't working, so she didn't know how to give me change. I was like, really? You don't even know how to count? Like, and she was a younger girl, like in her 20s. I was like, my change is $1.43. And she was literally trying to whip out her phone. And she was like, you knew that? And I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Right. It's simple (laughs) things like that. That exactly. So my daughter is six and she's like, oh, mommy, I can't wait to have a cell phone. And I'm like, for what? And she's like, because it gives you information. I'm like, oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. You learn information by experience. 
darling. Everything <laughs> is not going to be, let me Google it. Or, you know, let me whip out my phone to use the calculator. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, it's funny uh, that everyone's I'm, really upset about the new math. What, um, you had the core math? math. Common core, yes. Right. right. And then you have kids that can't figure out basic change. And you're like, well, what's happening in the world? Yeah. You know, so. It's yeah. Crazy. I feel like we can go on and on about that topic. Maybe I need to do yeah. a topic like a topic like that on this podcast because it's it's endless. Technology is is taking over our world. Yep, yep. I think you should. So, what do you think are some things you really enjoyed back before your single life that you do very little of now, or you don't do at all? Um, I would say externally, it would be like outside of the home, it would be socializing with friends. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. A part of it is because my core group of friends, I've had the same best friend since I was six years old, right? And um, my cousin and I are like also really, really close. They're all still back home and I'm here. So a part of that dynamic exists, but also when you live in a place where almost everyone is a transplant, it's very difficult to get together because nine times out of 10 people don't have a babysitter. They don't have that extended family to, you know, keep your kids so you can go hang out with your friends. Um, so I think I would like to just have more of a social life outside of motherhood. I like you know, maybe that. I won't go to the club and shut the club down or anything, yeah. but I want, but a little lounge. I want to go to a wine tasting. Yes. A little right. lounge. So I think I'm similar in that area as well, because I too have the core, my core friends that I grew up with, absolutely love. I can call out a drop of a dime all back in New York. And I feel like most of my friends in California that I hang out with, that I love with all my heart, they're way younger than I am, almost a good 10 years younger than I am. And so I feel like we have different we're in different stages of our lives, right? Some of them, a lot of them are not parents, right? And we are just, it is a huge, it is a huge age gap where we're almost doing or focusing on different areas of our life. And I miss that. And so for me, a lot of my social life has changed because now I'm like, you know, like you, I don't have a lot of family out here. It's just my sister. And um, I don't have anyone to leave my kid with. So whatever I do has to be some kind of hanging out in a, in a form of I can bring my child, right? Which is very right, limited, right. very limited. Yep. Yeah. So I would say that. So that's one. And then the other thing, funny enough, is cooking. Um, and I cook a lot, but I don't, I cook one, what kids like. And not just, not, it's not a picky eater, eater kind of thing. There are things my kids won't have chosen that they no longer like. And I'm okay with that. I feel like we all go through phases in that. Um, but I cook quicker meals, if you yes. will. Yes. Yeah. So it's not like days are long and the nights are short and I just want to get something on the table. Yeah. Um, and so I miss the process of making a roux. Randomly, I made, um, what did I make? Not jambalaya. I made something that required a roux mm. randomly a few months back, right? And I really said, you know what? I'm going to make this roux with love. Mm. And if you know anything about a roux, you know a roux takes yes. a really long time. Yes, that's the right? mother base. Yes. <laughs> right. And so I just kept stirring it and smelling it. And, and, and I, I, 
it was almost like I was ignoring my kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I felt so invigorated. And I'm like, I don't do this often enough. I cook, yes. I try to make it fun and I try to make it healthy. And sometimes I don't. I'm like, look, just you want to eat a grilled cheese for dinner? Here, enjoy it. But overall, I'd say that's the thing I miss, like on the inside of the home is truly just taking those hours to really embrace the art and the passion and the love of cooking. I could feel you. I feel like I call that adult cooking, right? Because I remember before my daughter coming along and putting on like a good New York strip, making like a good ribeye, having like a good $30 bottle of wine and just like enjoying it. But you're right. Now it's right. like, what is she going to eat? You know, I it, it's quick. I'm all day at work, then commuting, then picking her up. It's what can I get in her stomach with some kind of mm-hmm. nutrients and sustenance? And it's not that ribeye. I can't, I cannot watch that ribeye and, and watch her. So I do feel right. you like that. That's a, that's a, I, I mean, I felt like I haven't really considered that, but that's really good. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big one for me. And, and I think any of us who are really, who really love the art of food, you know, and all the steps to getting it from its original state to that delicious plate can understand that. We don't necessarily think about it all the time, you know, so it's in the back of your mind, but yeah, that's a big, big one for me. Nice. I think one of the things that I missed the most before having kids that I did a lot of was just meeting new people. I really feel like I, I'm not in a space right now where I go and I'm meeting new people, whether that's a male or a female, just meeting new companions um, to build on. And I really miss that. I feel like without, before my daughter, I went to different places and I experienced different things. And so I was able to meet a lot of people and just form friendships or just form, you know, things with relationships. And I miss that now because now I feel like my spaces are grocery store, daycare, work, you know, bookstore, stuff like that, where it's not necessarily finding the meat of meeting people. Right. Yep, I agree with that 110%. I used to love, and they have them here, museums. Of course, New York is a next level of museums, right? Yeah. I would spend hours going through the museum, then taking myself out to dinner. And like you said, I'd order a $30 bottle of wine and think nothing of it, right? Yep. And, you know, just casually having conversations in the museum about whatever exhibit I'm looking at. And so, yeah, I, those are the things if I had to say, yeah, I miss doing that. And I, I feel like we could do it. It requires more planning and it requires a layer of letting go of that whole mom guilt thing. Yes. You know, said it. particularly when you work outside of the home. I mean, I work inside of the home, but I still, I spend a lot of time with my kids. But the minute I take some time for myself, I still feel like, oh my God, maybe I should have taken them to the park or something like that. So uh, you as a working mom still in corporate America, I know that it, that has to be hard. It is hard, you know, but to- you're right. I feel like I could still do it, but I'm more of the mind frame now that if I planned all of that to do it, I don't even want to meet people, right? Like I'm doing that to like escape and be alone kind of thing, right? So it's kind of like, right, exactly. I just want to be alone. I don't, I'm not around my kid. I'm not working. I just want to be alone. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's the that would be my second word if I had to pick something other than free is alone. That mm. alone time, you don't realize how precious it is until you don't have it anymore. Well, can we talk about that? Let's talk about that because I've always lived by myself, right? And you're right. Mm-hmm. Like I've pretty much had a solo life before my, my daughter came around and I loved it. I was one of those people that did everything alone, Melissa. I went to restaurants alone, museums alone. I went to parties alone. I've, um, I've done everything, movies alone, and I loved it. I was mm-hmm. never one of those people to be shy or embarrassed to do it alone. And I grew up with siblings, right? So that wasn't my life, but that was a lot of my single life, and I love it. When my daughter came around, my alone time went like really, really fast. I remember being pregnant and, and nesting and saying, okay, I know my alone time will never be the same. But when she came it was like a culture shock, right? Going to Target mm-hmm. is now a damn production. Everything right. is such a production that it makes me don't even want to go out sometimes. And I say a lot of times like, man, I just want to be alone. But like you said, yeah. without having that guilt, because that guilt is right. so heavy that you're like, it's not even worth being alone because the guilt is attacking me. Yep. Yep. I have a friend, um, one of my, actually I met her through uh, blogging. She has zero mom guilt when it comes to her alone time. And I love it. Like Mm. she will literally share that she's going to get her monthly, her monthly facial. Right. And that's Mm. such a big deal for me. I'm like, I want to get to that point where I go and get my eyebrows done or get a manicure or Whatever it is, and it's not a self-care thing. It's a I'm doing something by myself thing. You know, I need to talk to her because you are right. I feel like I have to schedule, kind of plan out how to be alone. And then when I am doing things alone, it's consisting of mother things, right? Like stuff I have to take care of for her. So I don't even get to do the self-care part. Like the other day, I like on Sundays to do face masks. I'm literally holding her on my hip, putting on a face mask. And I'm like, I'm calling it self-care, but is it really self-care? Like, is it right. really self-care? Right. I use um, um, self-care for me. Like, I don't even consider those. I feel like a, a face mask is just something you should do for yourself, right? right. It's, it's like brushing your teeth. Your... Right. There you go. Exactly. It's just, a, to me, it's a basic. So... Like someone asked me, what do you do for for your self-care? And I'm like, honestly, I just want to be alone. Does Mm, that make sense? You sound like my sister, girl. Let me tell you, every time... Every time it's like Mother's Day or some holiday and or birthday, I'm always like my I'm always telling my sister Sylvia, it's your birthday. It's come on, let's celebrate. What you want to do? Let's go out. She was like, girl, I don't want to go out. I just want to be alone. I want somebody to take these kids out the damn house. I just want to be alone. And I'm like, are you crazy? Let's get out the house. That's how we're alone. But she is a lot like you're saying. She's just like, I want to be alone. I don't want to do anything. I want to sit on Mm -hmm. my couch and flick TV and flick the channels. I just want to be alone alone yeah I told my husband that recently do you realize I'm never in the house alone he's like what do you mean I'm like there's always at least one kid with me Mm. he's like oh I didn't think about that so like today for example I came back home after getting Zoe to school and he was gone with the three-year-old and I'm like oh my god I'm in here by myself turn up the music right dance around naked like my brain started thinking of all these really crazy things to just randomly do because no one was here to stop me 
Wow. I remember when I was alone, I would love to just have a glass of wine and read a magazine. Now, oh my God, I have a glass of wine. It's not the same when you're drinking with a kid staring at you and you're trying to play. It's just not the same. (laughs) It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever have those moments where you feel like you could go back and just have that life that before being a mom and a wife life? Yes. I do. And I, you know, I I say it quickly and I say it firmly because while there's that mom guilt that lingers, that is a real honest answer. And sometimes maybe I daydream a little bit too much about just moving to an island and having a farm and living off the land alone. Mm. Yeah, I do sometimes. And I think not just on the hardest days of mothering, right? Because you have really hard days when your kid, you know, your toddler, I mean, come on, two. Yes. Yeah. From birth to six or seven or eight. And teenagers are their own different animal, right? So some days are really, really hard. Other days are really, really fun and you're happy and everything, you know, no kid is crying. Everyone's having a good time. And even on those really happy days, I'm like, hmm, what would I be doing on my farm right now? You know, um, I read Michelle Obama's book, mm-hmm. Becoming, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And the, my favorite part of the book was her childhood. And there's a part where she talks about the fact that her mom would often think about leaving her father mm. and being alone. You know, and, and then... Yeah, it did. Because I'm like, wait a minute, Michelle Obama, which we know, her parents made a lot of sacrifices for her and her brother and wanted them to experience a different, you know, life, different generation. But at the same time, her mom, too, felt like sometimes she just wished she was by herself. Mm. And I totally get that. And I was like, wow, it's okay. So I'm not crazy. Mm. It's a real feeling. MJ, I appreciate the honesty, right? I, I like, I really appreciate that you're like, yes, I want that. I would love to go back and I'm being really honest about it. I really, I, I love it so much because sometimes I say to myself, yeah, I love motherhood so much. I don't want to go back. Uh, you know, I, I did everything that I wanted to do, but I really feel like deep down inside of me, I don't, I don't know how to be honest about it, right? Because I'm afraid of how people would take that, right? Not to say oh, yeah. I don't love my daughter. Not to say that motherhood isn't the best thing that happened to me, right? But there are times where I miss that life. And do I want it back? Yeah, I want to be able to sleep eight, nine hours if that's what I want to do. I want to be able to be mm-hmm. at the crack of dawn if that's what I want to do. And a lot of me says, Sandra, you can't say that because it's almost negating the life that you have with your daughter. So a lot of times I mask it. And I lie. And I say, no, I don't want that life back. Or I try not to think about that life, even though there are so many things that I miss about that life. Yeah. I feel like I have to be honest with myself in order to be able to enjoy the life that I do have. Mm. So I have to be honest and say, you know what, today I wish I was just by myself, period. Mm. You know, even even in the married married thing, let me tell you honestly. I mean, I love my husband, but I've I've had thoughts of if we were divorced, then he'd get the kids every other weekend and I'd be alone. 
Mm-hmm. Seriously, have a good. And a I, good I mean, I know people are probably going to listen to this and be like, "What? She's freaking crazy!" Why I think there were more, something? girl. I think there are more. I think there are more people that be giving you an air high five, like, "Yes, girl, yes, take them full time, yes." Yeah, because seriously, I've really thought like, well, maybe if we don't work out, I mean, we've had our rough patches. So there have been times where it's like, I don't think we're going to make it. But then I find myself thinking, well, he'd have his kids every other weekend or whatever we arranged and I'd have two nights of quiet. Wow. Yeah. I feel yeah. And I, I, while I have a lot of mom guilt about certain things, even taking time alone, I don't feel guilty about those those thoughts. And I've never really felt guilty about them. I know that they're not real. I know that nine times out of 10 out of 10, they're not the grass is greener scenario, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. part of me that as a kid, I sheltered so much of my thoughts and how I felt. And now I'm, I'm way beyond that. Listen, this is how I feel about this situation, period. I love that. And maybe I don't voice it to everyone, but in this forum, when we're talking about uh, motherhood and life before mom, yeah, it's really important for me to just put it out there and say, yeah, sometimes I would like to go back to being alone. Interesting. And I love my kids. I love my husband. My kids have have done something for my life. Um, raising them with their dad as someone who came from a single parent household, these things really matter to me and they, they I value them. I cherish them. I pray over my family, you know, to keep us connected in that way. But at the same time, there is a part of me that does wish that sometimes I could just be alone. I've thought about us living in separate houses, but still being married. I mean, and that's sometimes how it works for people, right? That keeps the sanity, that keeps the love. I've, I've, I've seen, I've seen it. I've heard about it working for people like that. I drive by this house almost every day that's empty, right? It's for sale. And there's another house. It seems like it's on the same property, but it's not. The other house is just further back. And I've said to myself, I'd buy this house. Not on the, it's not on the street I like. It's a very high traffic street, if you will. But the fact that there are two houses on basically one plot of land means that we could each have our own house. Right. Have your own <laughs> privacy. I like that. <laughs> Oh, yes. Ooh, girl, I want to have a glass of wine with your thoughts, Melissa. <laughs> Seriously, this morning I was like, Dang, that would be the perfect, that would be the perfect scenario. This is it right here. We will <laughs> be connected, but we have two separate houses. Yeah. Yep. Mm, That's I'm my visioning, I'm visioning it for you, girl. <laughs> I'm going to start channeling you because I do, I do think that overall I'm an honest person, especially to myself. I'm always honest Mm -hmm. to myself, but there are a few subjects I would say, or a few instances or things in my life that I'm not necessarily maybe willing to be honest with the public about. Right. 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 Yeah. Agreed. I have things I don't choose to. Yeah. Some close friends. And I think, and I think this is one of those topics where, you know, I'm not necessarily always honest with about wanting that old life. Yeah. So I'm going to start channeling you and, and, you know, start talking about it. Cause it's not, it's not a bad thing to, you know, to be honest and to be real about it. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's just real life, you know? Yeah. And it's real thoughts. And there's certain things that I don't want to share, you know, but there are other things. And, And I feel like in motherhood, we find there's so much, um, 
censoring of moms, mm-hmm. of our feelings, of our wants, of our needs. Mm-hmm. And we censor ourselves, right? So that's one layer. And then the outside world censors us. Other moms yes. censor us. Yes. Single women without children censor. You know, so there's so many layers of that censoring. And I often find when I talk to my mom friends and when I share something like that, and then we all start laughing like, wow, wouldn't that be great? Right? I like oh, the be word censor. I like the word that you use, censoring. And I say this because I often say judgment, right? There's so mm-hmm. much judgment. And maybe judgment is harsh, right? So maybe we're not really always judging. Maybe sometimes we are, of course. But I think the word censoring really, really resonates with me because you are damn right. Like we censor and hold back so much because of the opinions and thoughts of others where it's almost that we're conditioning ourselves and we do it to ourselves. And it almost feels like a judgment. Oh, yes. Yes. I love that. Right. So when I'm having a mom, a real life mom conversation, I keep it 100% real. And this is one of those topics that it's like, yep, Mm. I'm not going to censor it. I'm going to share it just as it is. Take it how you want. I don't care if you like it or not. This is real. Mm. I like that. Mm. Yes. Yes. I feel like this is some good gems you're dropping right here. I like that. (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about identity. I feel like we often place ourselves in a box. And I started thinking about this the other day because um, at work, I'm in a new group, a new department, and they, you know, we did a little bit of an introduction because my team is pretty much new and it was an introduction where, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself in a couple of minutes. And the first thing I said to myself is, hi, my name is Sandra and I'm a mom, right? And I often feel like I'm almost giving myself this box or this title and it's almost like this new this mom thing is my new identity and I I often ask myself are you lost in this new identity right like yes you're a mom yes you're a wife yes you're a whole bunch of things but is that your box your title your new world and so I started thinking about like No, right? Like I'm so many other things, but a mom, but I don't know why mom always comes first. And it's almost like, I hate that I'm putting myself in this box, even though it is really who I am. Right. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lot of other things too. So do you ever feel like you're losing yourself to your identity of being a mom? I I actually feel like I'll tell you a funny story really quick. One of my friends um, has this uh, 52-week photo challenge. So every week there's a new theme, right? Mm-hmm. Last week her theme was favorite things. And I know what my favorite things are, right? And and some of my favorite things, books and coffee. I like wine, even though I really don't drink much wine at all anymore. My kids, right? So I took this picture, I didn't like it, and then I said to myself, I'm going to share a picture of myself. I'm my favorite thing. Mm. And I ended up not sharing it because then I pulled back and said, wait a minute, how would that be perceived? And I'm not that type of person. Again, I, I like to be forthcoming, and I don't feel like I need to 
censor who I am or my thoughts in a moment, but I paused and this is exactly it. I felt like I was putting myself outside of that mom box and people would judge the fact that I was thinking about myself before I was thinking about my children. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that I feel very lost in motherhood. I do. You know, I maybe that's why my daydreams take me really, really far away, you know, in this huge imaginative world of having like living on a farm and just, you know, tending the land. Yeah. But it's because I feel so consumed by mothering. There are days when I do nothing but mother. And yeah. I mean, when I clean the house, it's connected to mothering, yes. right? Yes. Because yes. if I'm by myself, the house doesn't get messy. When I cook, it's connected to mothering nine times out of 10 because, hey, I could technically have a salad and be happy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, mothering and wifing, so obviously your husband has to eat too. That would be yes. nice, right? Um, so there are days when I do nothing but mother. And I have huge plans. My planner is, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do my one hour of power today where I'm going to focus on my business. Girl. And it just doesn't happen because I always feel like I can push that to the back burner. But I can't Girl. push momming to the back burner. So, yeah, oftentimes when I introduce myself like you, hey, I'm MJ and I have two kids. Yes. Ugh. You know. Hey, I'm MJ. I'm a mom and a wife. And it's like, wait a minute. No. So I, I'm late on this, on my friend's challenge. And I actually spoke to her and I said, you know, I'm going to put this picture up of myself. And I thought, and I paused and she's like, no, you need to do it. This is what more of us need to do. If you have decided that you are your favorite thing, then be your favorite thing and share that unapologetically. I feel like we need to allow each other the space to do that, right? It starts with us. Right. right? And so if you feel that way and you do that, then I'm going to feel that way and I'm going to do that. And it's going to create like this domino effect where shit, we are people other than mothers and wives and we should celebrate that. Yes. Yep. So I, I say I'm my favorite thing and I, I truly want to be my favorite thing this year. I want to get back mm. to loving the many layers of me mm. that existed before motherhood and that have changed since motherhood, but still separate me from just being the mom of these children. Or so, the who wife is, of this man. so who is MJ? If you had to tell us who you are, besides being a wife, a wife and a mother, who is MJ? I, my first thing is I'm a friend. Mm. I, I'm very good with people and talking to people and communicating and supporting and encouraging. Um, and so I'm a friend. I am, I'm a friend. I'm the person that is always willing to take a phone call in a world where people are like, eh, I'm an introvert. I don't, don't call me, you know, mm-hmm. call me. You want to talk. You have something to get off your chest. You have something really funny you want to say, call me. I love that. Um, I'm, I'm just a woman trying to figure out life and recover from some things in my childhood that I still can't 100% say that I'm healed from, you know, um, I'm a work in progress. I am just MJ, just really at the core of who I am. I am a person with a big heart who 
100% wants to be there for other people. I feel like in my life, my calling is to support other people because it helps build up who I am as, as an individual. Mm. Even in things like food, right? I would host, like we said, we'd have company over. We'd host dinners and brunches and wine tastings. And I always felt like a, that was a big part of me helping other people come together, you know, enjoy that simple moment. And it would feed my passion in me to keep wanting to do those things. This makes my heart happy. I'm going to tell you a true life story. I feel like, and I, and I, and I don't know if I've shared this with you. I actually felt like I reconnected with you because it was shortly after I had my daughter and I was home on maternity leave, just looking for kind of like a community, a motherhood community. This was all new to me. And I started looking into different mommy blogs, right? And I stumbled across mm-hmm. your blog. And I, I remember. Like, I was like, wait a minute. I know her. I know her. This is Melissa. I, we grew up together. And I was just constantly reading your blog, like feeling like I want to be your friend, right? Like... And, and, and truth be told, when we, when we grew up with each other, when we were raised, we weren't, we weren't friends. Like we weren't besties. We didn't hang out with each other. We just lived on the same block and we grew up together. Right. And so as right, I was reading right. this blog, I was saying like, oh my God, she has two children. She's married and I want to be her friend. And I'm reading everything. And me reading your blog is connecting you, is connecting myself more and more to you where I felt like you're a friend in my head. Right. And then I actually found you on Instagram. And I remember saying, oh, I remember going like struggling back and forth on if I should like send you a DM, right. And just send you a message to say, Hey, do you remember me? That's one of my biggest struggles, right? Like just starting a conversation, especially when Mm -hmm. it could be a possibility that you don't remember me. Right. So anyway, I worked up the nerve to do it and we kind of reconnected, you know, through social media and it was great. And I remember coming to you saying, I really want to start this podcast. Right. And it was really hard for me to come to you at first because I'm like, oh, like we don't even know each other like that, but I really want to ask someone because you were in the midst of starting your podcast. Right. And I really wanted to, to get some tips on how to do this. And what I loved so much about this connection that you and I have had and built, you know, this it's very recent is that you have been so inspirational and motivating to me, MJ. I remember coming to you, talking to you about the podcast and you were like, yes, do it. And remember you gave me a list of all the equipment that I would need. You gave me the podcasting (laughs) host. You gave me everything that I would really need. You were giving me more stuff and I hadn't even researched all of that stuff yet. And I was like, so enormously grateful. And I kept saying to myself, people like this, rarely exist anymore. Right. And I started thought partnering with you. I remember saying, I remember we had conversations on, should I start a blog? I don't know if I really want to start a blog. I still think you should. (laughs) I feel like I've had these deep, deep 
things that I wanted to do. Like, I remember you were one of the first people that I, you were one of the first person, people that I told that I was writing a a children's book, right? And you were like, just so motivational. You were just so inspiring. And what I loved so much is that it didn't matter that you really didn't know me for a hundred years, right? I really felt that genuine connection of like, I, I, I want to help her. I want to talk to her. I'm going to, I'm going to push her and motivate her. And I instantly felt like this, this could be my friend forever because you don't come across people who just want happiness for you. Right. And want to push right. you to that happiness and want to take you and elevate you to that happiness with zero impact to you. Like this was zero impact. Like we've had conversations where it was wee hours in a night for you. Right. Like we just, it just didn't benefit you at all, but humanly cold, like not cold, but humanly it's just so heartfelt. You did it so heartfelt in just the right. way that I want to help her. And, and, and I'm this kind person that wants to help her. And I really, really, I felt like this is, this was my connection to you forever because I didn't, I felt like I was lacking that from a lot of other people and a lot of other friends. And so when you right. said that, when I asked you who was MJ and that's what you said, I'm like, that girl, that is you. That is all you. Yeah. That's all. I feel like it, when I was a kid, right. So like, I came, you know, my family was pretty big and there were always people around, but I was always more internal. Um, I was a kid that wished that my, I had my father and, you know, those kind of internal things, mm-hmm. but always at my core, even from a very young person, I always just wanted to be helpful to other people because seriously, it would build me up. I remember when you launched a podcast and I go on your podcast and I'm like, look how many episodes Sandra has. This is freaking amazing. She's really doing this. Like, this is dope, you know? Yeah. And um, I have a few people that even now will reach out and say, you know, MJ, I remember when you encouraged me to do X, Y, Z. And my response is always, but you are such a motivation to me. And I'm telling you, when I click on a different kind of mommy and I'm like, yes, there was an episode you did very recently with a lady that did a, that uh, wrote the cookbook. Yes. And yes, I was like, man. yes. And I, I was like, and it's funny, we we're talking today about cooking and our, our passion for cooking and the fact that we both went through the culinary school thing. And I remember listening to that episode and saying, you know what, I should cook some more. Sandra just sparked something in me. So it, it's, it's, um. You, you, you know how back in the day would, they would say you, one, you wash one hand, the other yes. person washes yours, that yes. kind of concept. And I just feel like that. And I feel like the more we get back to that as women, as mothers, as people, period, the better our lives will be, you know. Mm-hmm. And I need that. I need my podcast. We, we paused. You know, we had a season. Then we paused. And I got really, really sick over the summer. Mm-hmm. And we just couldn't quite get it back together. We finally just recorded three or four episodes two weeks ago that I need to edit. I hate the editing process, Sandra. We can talk about that on the sidebar, right? But um, I remember saying, no, I have to get it together. Like, I feel like Sandra's doing her podcast. I feel like she's doing such a great job. And and this is a motivation for me to say, nope, don't quit on the podcast. People, you know, received it. They really liked the conversation that we were having as moms. So you need to continue this. Right. And then you say, I, hey, MJ, come freaking, on the show. I freaking love your podcast. I'm going to tell you why I, I'm going to tell you why I love your podcast so much. What I feel like I love with your podcast is that 
it's so real life with four different people. You know what I'm saying? You know how real real life is, but you don't know real life for everybody. To hear your conversations with four different people, to me, that is just like explosive, right? I love that you have co-hosts, right? So for me, it really is a struggle sometimes to build content when you guys could get together and you can talk about the world. You don't need an outline. You don't need anything. Like we just need a topic and you can roll with it. I love that you have that aspect of it, right? I love that your podcast is a little bit of like pop culture with our lives, right? This is a part of being mother. Like you take you take topics that are huge in the world today and you relate it to your motherhood. And so you get that with four different perspectives. Come on. I feel like I love that. When your podcast first rolled out, I was like, oh my God, I need a co-host. I need somebody who's going to chit chat with me. And I really felt like that was the vision that I had and I just could not get a co-host. And so I had to roll at it alone. And yeah, I love it because it's a labor of my love because I do it alone, but I absolutely love yours because it's four people. And so even when you went kind of on a a hiatus, it was kind of like, I'm still subscribed. I still love them. And I know they're going to come back because it's just four different perspectives where I need that. And I want to hear that. And even though we might have similar topics and conversations, I don't know what's happening with that in your world, right? And in the the cohort world. And even after, literally after maybe... I want to say three or four of your podcasts, I started following all of you guys. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, they're all my friends now. Right. And so it's kind of like, right, exactly. that is what that podcast did for me. Yes. Yes. I love it. Exactly. I'm like, Oh, I'm I ordering this book that Sandra anymore. mentioned. Girl. On I her podcast. Them. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I it's big. And I feel like as women of color, right. As you know, um, we're all, we all have, we're all women of color from different backgrounds. Right different nationalities and so on and so forth. But we all, I feel like women of color, moms of color, we don't necessarily get to freely speak. Mm-hmm. Right. And yep. we don't get, we don't necessarily get to just have that fun conversation sometimes or that serious conversation. Sometimes a lot of times when you hear women, women of women of color speaking in the world, it's against um, bigotry racism issues you know like you know and yeah those things are heavy we we just recorded an episode where we're we're talking about the person we had to mute in our community for being a disgusting nasty pedophile right Mm. yes so however mm. sometimes we just want to have that conversation that says yes kid don't get it twisted i'm your black mama don't play with me yeah Or, yes, girl, I'm going to get a facial, and I feel no way about it. These kids can stay home here with their father or go to their grandpa, their grandma, or whomever. I'm out, you know? And so I feel like it's our duty as women of color to say to other women of color that, yeah, it's okay to just have a regular conversation about whatever you want. It doesn't have to be heavy. It doesn't have to be, you know, political. It doesn't have to be any of that because we are all a devil wears Prada in a sense, right? Yep. We're all sex in a city in a sense, right? We have that element too. And it's high time that the rest of the world knows that we are beyond the quote unquote angry black or brown woman. Yeah, girl. So, yes. Yes. You know. Preach. I, well, you better. Yeah, so yeah. So I think episodes, I need to hear them. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like that's, 
that's how our podcast came about, the four of us. And I was like, like you originally, I was like, oh, I'll just do it by myself. And I'm like, no, I want to have like a real conversation. Yes. I actually have a, a, another podcast, a separate podcast that it was just me talking. I called it um, Life Lately, right? Because I just needed to get some stuff off my chest whenever I felt like it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm considering doing it a different way where I would have women come on, moms, not moms, whatever, um, and just speak. So the point, the point of that podcast is to just speak for 10 to 15 minutes about whatever is on your heart. Anything. I say do it. I say do. You know, I contemplated a lot doing mine a different format too, because I remember trying to find different podcasts with just one host, right? So I remember running right. to like Amanda Seals. I don't know if you've ever listened to her podcast. Yeah. Different, mm-hmm. yeah, different ramblings. And I was like, man, maybe I can do that. But again, I was just like, I want to have a conversation with people, you know? So right. I say do right. it. I, I would, I would just love to ramble for like 10, 15 minutes. And um, yeah, yeah I feel it. like sometimes that's just it. You just want to know that another person is having a thought similar to yours or you know, they're having a really, they have a really funny story or they have a real heartfelt moment, you know? And I feel like that's it with podcasting overall, no matter what format we each choose, it's just being able to have a real conversation. And I think for women of color, that's very important. It is. I remember wanting to create this platform because I just wanted a storytelling, you know, space. I wanted a Mm -hmm. digital a digital platform where I can just tell stories because I know I am not the only one having these experiences, but people aren't talking about them, right? Whether it's motherhood, whether it's womanhood, whatever it is. And I really Mm -hmm. felt like the bridge of that are, was and is a lot of what's happening in our lives as mothers. But I feel like that just that's just a crack in the door, right? There's just so many things that we can talk about. And for me, this podcast is all about my love for yapping, but just telling a story. I feel like I'm naturally a storyteller and I just want to talk about it. Let's talk. Right. Yep. Let's talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's wrap up MJ. I've had such a wonderful time talking to you. I want to wrap it up, right? And I like to normally wrap it up with some two questions around self-care, but I want to do this a little bit differently. I wanted to ask you maybe just one question when you look back at you being a mother right now and forward it to the future. When Zoe and Ethan are grown, before they have kids, before they get well-established into their lives, what would you tell them about single life? What What would you want them to learn and enjoy? Any tips you want to give them? What did, what should they do? when being single? I would tell them to live unapologetically. So what I mean by that is if you decide tomorrow that you want to move to Spain for six months, do it. If you decide that you want to learn how to sew randomly because you went to college and now you've decided that you want to learn how to sew, do it. If you decided that you wanted to just be alone and just enjoy those quiet hours every day, do it and don't apologize for it. 
you know, your single before marriage and children experience matters. Um, and it's not something that you should sweep under the rug. It's not something that you should pretend didn't exist. So do it unapologetically so that when you get to that next phase of life, you can reflect back on it and admit freely that, yeah, I wish I could do that again. You know, that's it. Mm, I feel like that's so poetic. Live unapologetically. And I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to like pray and wish that for Zoe and Ethan, because I think that's some wonderful advice. Yep. And I'm going to pray that for us too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It looks different, but I think we need it as well. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much, MJ, for being my guest on A Different Kind of Mommy. I had so much fun chatting with you. I can't wait for us to connect more. And I'm sure our listeners are going to love this topic. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Sandra. And we really do. We need to do some more offline connection for sure. We do. We do. For sure. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Hang on. Hang on, MJ. Thanks, everyone. Okay.